This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. You're listening to the We're Not Fine podcast with Doug Jensen and Dr. Talia Jackson. guys oh i've missed you all have you has it been what a week oh it but it feels like two (laughs) (laughs) why do you suppose that is is there something about this week that made it feel longer between our connection connecting connection connectioning um it feels in fact like a shorter week because i've started sleeping i've finally mastered the art of sleep and it it's been a a problem i've been having like my whole life and it got really really bad and now you're looking at someone who can just sleep and then wake up like a kung fu master i know boy if you can bottle that you would be a scabillionaire well i will tell you it does come in a bottle (laughs) nice (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure we want to share what that is because, of course, everyone might be a little different in terms of their makeup and metabolism. And That's what right. Works and boy, is sleep important? Every now and then, better living through chemicals, but most of the time, better living through good habits, a few light supplements, and oh. leafy greens. By leafy and exercise, greens and sunlight. Leafy and relationships. Greens. Should I go on? Well, I'm just curious. Leafy greens as in anything? <laughs> I was more thinking kale, but yeah, that works too. You smoke kale? Has a different effect. Greg, we need a direction. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking to Greg for that? I think we can direct ourselves. Uh-huh. Yeah, right yeah. That's into a, that's a, parent, a gutter. Right? A gutter right down by the river. Yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily I you know, my sleep goes in and out and up and down based on what's going on. It's been a very busy ups and downs to the year so far. But you know, it's like it's always this nice escape to like watch something really good. I think oh. Talia had you been watching White Lotus? Um yes. I might be their number one biggest fan, but no spoilers. I'm done with the first season. Oh, uh -oh. okay. I almost said something about the second season. Wait, have you finished the second season? Okay. I I watched it the minute it came out and just binged because that's what I do. Why don't you tell me things? How did you not tell me about this? I am obsessed with Jennifer Coolidge, like oh, half God. of the planet. Yeah, um, she's my spirit animal. She can do one-liners that make me just roll, and then I reverse it and reverse it and reverse it I to know. watch it over and over. And, I think I her mean, timing is brilliant. Her comedic skill is such that she doesn't actually have to speak. 
Like her face. Will she just and with one expression, I'm dying, dying. So she was recently at some award ceremony and someone asked her because she's had such a huge year. She's been in a number of shows. Um, but you know, white white lotus really is her her bag, I think. And oh you know, the God. interesting thing, they asked her what what was the, you know, role that she really wanted to take on. <laughs> and typical of Jennifer Coolidge, she says, I've always wanted to play a dolphin. <laughs> She was also in The Watcher. Yeah, which was I watched also that. A... I'm a binger. Yep. But I will say that she's always the same character. There are certain people like that, that in every single show, they're yeah. the same character, but they do it so well. Like The Rock, well, he's always that's... himself. I barely hear him talk when I'm looking at him. I'm not sure what that's about, but that's all I'm going to say about the life-size cardboard cutout in my workout area of my basement. Oh, that's right. Oh Is my. he your inspiration or your muse? <laughs> um, or I, have two, I have two of them, but, you know, it doesn't come John off well. Cena. Oh, it is John Cena's the other one, yeah. So you like a thick neck. That's, <laughs> your, that's what you're into. <laughs> you like it when, like, it goes sort of triangularly out from, like, that's the not, ear no. to the I'd... shoulder. I, I am going to stop this conversation about what I like. Does uh, John Cena have hair? I'm just trying to pull together a, a theme. He doesn't. Um, anyway, next. So <laughs> so we but do yes. have some mailbags for today. <laughs> what? Do we have to stop on Jennifer Coolidge? Like yeah, even well, way back to Legally Blonde, she was the same character. I mean, she has the yeah. same comedic sense. All she right, was in can... Legally Blonde? Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my come God, on. I have to uh, has some, some movie homework when she gets home. Talia. I mean, I am, that's like 25 concerned. years old. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> I want to make one more comment about this. I saw one of the interviews where she talked about how those characters, like in Legally Blonde, she played a hairdresser whose boyfriend wasn't treating her well. <gasps> Does that ring a bell? Oh, my and, God, yes. And the funny thing is she said women, you know, come up to her now or people come up to her and they're like, I can totally relate to you. And she's she's very sweet, so she doesn't seem to necessarily say that was a character I played. Um, but you know, I think that's what they get a lot of times. And she's very relatable. She's so so funny. Anyway, yeah, she's I will the best. I will let you mailbag it, Greg. Okay, here we go. So, um, just as a reminder for for our audience, you can send your questions in at questions at we're not which is where our next uh, voice note came in recently. Sweet. From Damien. And of Ooh, course, ah! the, na the names in the scenario have been altered a little bit um, to protect the identity of um, the person. But I like that name you uh, chose. Yeah, I chose Damien. Mm -hmm. Isn't that yeah. from the, the devil shows? Mm, not the same. Not I know same. what you're the, talking the omen, about. The omen. Damien. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll talk another, about why Another show that. that should have continued but didn't. <laughs> They, you know, it, it, it didn't work out, but all right, so here we go. When you're mentally exhausted from trying to connect with potential dates online, is it feasible to just trust that it'll happen when you stop trying or at least expect it? Or is this just a myth? How does anything come to fruition if you're not being deliberate? I got to oh. tell you, Damien, I love the question and the way that you you framed it. I'm going to say you have to put yourself out there for something to happen. I'm not someone who thinks we should wait around waiting for life to happen. So, Damien, I love how you said that. I also want to just comment, though, on your 
Um, you have a beautiful accent, by the way. But mm-hmm. I, I also want to comment on like, what does it mean to be mentally exhausted by that or exhausted? And that comes into like how you're doing this and the method by which you're doing it and how often you're checking and what app you're using and how clear your profile is about what you're looking for. Because I think the more clear, and, and we talked about this a little bit when we talked about Dating Sunday on a previous episode, but I think the more you put out there about who you are and what you're looking for and you know yourself, I think it's much more likely that the energy you expend on the other the other people or the other uh, interactions you have will become lessened and you can really fine tune what you're looking for. But my answer to that is do not uh, be passive about that. Put yourself out there in the world. There's no way for something to happen unless you do. I agree be deliberate and have purpose and be intentional and don't give up. Amp up your self-care so that you have more energy to put around this. And a lot of people I know that are online with the apps need to take breaks from the apps. And sometimes you just need to take breaks from being online and just go and breathe in some fresh air, hang out with some real people, surround yourself with live music and friends and family so that you feel really grounded. And maybe you want to give a different way of meeting people a try because sometimes people just get oversaturated with online and it numbs out one part of your brain, but then it also leaves you sometimes feeling really isolated and alone, like you're putting so much effort and energy into something that isn't yielding any results. And so that's when you need to just find your people, be around actual humans that love you, you love the way they see you, you remember who you are, self-care, and then get right back on board because, I mean, there's the volume. You are yeah. only going to see the same two people if you go to the same <laughs> coffee shop for five years, right? Or you're going to see like a thousand options online. It is exhausting. So just, you know, be tender with yourself and navigate through it. And Well, and you know what? You're not alone. There's a lot of people who feel that way, particularly when you're looking online or you're using an app or whatnot. And so depending on what the app is and, you know, if it's a quick swipe or if there is some sort of interaction that you can have with these people, you know, I'm loving, uh, we talked a little bit about Hinge last time. I'm loving that there's a voice option where you can actually learn a little bit more about what that person sounds like because that's part Mm -hmm. of chemistry. So again, I would say, number one, again, not an uncommon experience to feel kind of that fatigue from not feeling like it's going in the direction. But again, all you can do is put yourself out there in the most clear, concise and thoughtful way and see what comes your way. But do not think, you know, I, I, again, I'm going to challenge the idea. I think it's a myth that, you know, and sometimes it happens. I mean, sometimes as Talia knows from her own marriage, you know, you meet on a bus just out of happen chance where she met her husband that way. Um, (laughs) But I, I would say that I, I think by and large, you have to keep your eyes and ears open because that person might be around the corner. Do you guys think it's harder for people, uh, or let me say this, do you think people are more prone to get mentally exhausted when they have more baggage or circumstances that are harder for others to relate to or make it more difficult in dating situations? A hundred percent. You know, the thing about what you just said, Greg, the reality is we've been living in a pandemic. And so part of the isolation factor, you know, people are working remotely, people are doing these, you know, my therapy appointments, I'm now half, I have a hybrid practice where I'm half in the office and half remote. We're just not interacting as much with people. And that 
stress from the pandemic. I'm not even sure. I think we need an episode on that because I think we're just starting to unravel from a political and racial and pandemic. Mm. And, you know, there's more pandemic stuff coming out and there's more discussions about that. I think we're all a little bit exhausted. So take into account, Damien, as well. Like the reality is I think everyone's a little bit more stressed than they used to be. The economy is not bursting at the seams. Our 401ks and our IRAs are at risk and not doing great. Um, You know, and I'm someone who probably believes they'll bounce back, but I'm also of an age where it can still bounce back. So I think there's a lot of stressors going to your point, Greg, aside from whatever personally people might have going on, whatever that is. I don't necessarily think that I think that yes the the level of stress the level of fatigue probably go hand in hand but I would say that people that do have baggage so does everybody else right like don't let that be a reason why you don't go forward and try to find your people and try to find people that you really connect with what I would say that could be more exhausting is if you are not self-aware if you're not doing your work, if you don't know yourself and you're moving forward in your life being very like secretive and closed up and not really putting out into the world who you are and what you're looking for, that could be really exhausting. And so, yes, if you put yourself out there, maybe not every detail of every Louis Vuitton bag that you're schlepping around with you everywhere you go. But what a privileged out comment there... that was. <laughs> oh, I love you. Or, Gu- or Gucci or, you know, Byerly's and Lunds or Safeway or whatever. Um, whatever bags you're carrying around with you. But it is important to put out there if you have baggage and you're doing your work. At least from my experience talking to people, there's nothing more attractive. People are not scared away by baggage. They're scared away by lack of awareness and people that are afraid of therapy, afraid of looking internally. So bring on the baggage. You're going to find someone who will carry the weight of that with you and not judge you and love you and not be horrified or disgusted. They're going to love that you know yourself and know what you're looking for. I I think that's a really, really good comment. I think no matter, I do think there are people, by the way, who will shy away from baggage. Those are likely the people who are not kind of stable in their own life. And so I think the more you, you know, you put yourself out there. And I, I remember not to, you know, I'm, I'm going to focus on one particular health issue. I had a client who had a series of um, chronic and long-term and lifetime uh, sexual health diseases. And, um, you know, that person was really struggling with disclosing all of that to the people he was with out of fear of transmission and whatnot. And the reality is I, I remember being, being very clear with him, like, but this is what it is. Like, this is what you have. This is what you are doing to manage that, which you're doing incredibly good. He was doing an incredibly great job at managing all of his symptoms and managing his chronic illnesses. And the reality is who cares? Put yourself out there. And if people discriminate, and I will tell you as a gay man uh, who has worked in the AIDS crisis of the eighties and nineties, you know, the reality is I know there's stigma about that particularly in the past. We should no longer have stigma because we have PrEP and we have, you know, uh, uh, medications that help people uh, stabilize their health in a really huge way. So we're in a very different time, but boy, people had a lot of discrimination toward themselves. And I always told people, fuck it. 
you know, you, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you or doesn't have the ability to understand who you are and what you're going through. And, you know, for the people, and, and I think you referenced this, Talia, the people who do their work, you know, don't put that shit on other people. You know, right. they manage it themselves, which is why therapy's there and why supports are there and whatnot. Um, I don't think you should put it on somebody else necessarily. And, I, and, you know, Damien, I don't know if there's any of those circumstances for you that might be interfering. The other thing I just want to put out there, I got, you know, Talia, you were talking about feeling lonely or whatnot. And, you know, I always think about loneliness as a trigger to like substance abuse or increased use of alcohol and, you know, maybe some negative behaviors that aren't great, including that sort of addictive way that we look at apps. Like, did someone like us? Did we get a ringer? Did, uh, or a, that's right. what, a, what a signal that's notification. That's what that's called. And that's inherently exhausting. And notifications. Well, that the, the dopamine like yeah. addiction. <clears throat> so you're right. I mean, I think we end up being uh, really addicted to these apps and having people like us or woof at us or whatever the I don't know, swipe at us. I, I don't know what all the ways are that we connect with people on those apps. But, you know, I think we get addicted to wanting that affirmation. And that part is the concerning part from where I sit. So in terms of um, the last question that Damien asked, do you need to be deliberate or just kind of live and let God, and if, if you run into them, you do. If you don't, any thoughts from either of you on, do you need to date with intention or just kind of, live your life and hope for the best. Well, I think we both, you know, go ahead. Live and let God. I always think about um, like pray to God, but swim towards the shore anyway. That's, <laughs> is that like an old Jewish proverb? I, I don't know. But like, yes, you can do it all. Why don't you try it all at the same time? Can you put yourself out there with purpose and deliberately put yourself in places where you might meet amazing people, however, whatever that looks like in person or online, while also maybe limiting the amount of time you're going to allow yourself to obsess or check in, maybe let it take up less space. I don't know. What do you think, Doug? No, I think that's true. I mean, I think, um, I, and I think both of us have said this earlier in this conversation. I think you do need to be deliberate. I think letting life kind of pass you by and not being clear on what your goals are. We just got, you know, we're into the new year here where I think being thoughtful about how you want your life to look. But I don't think you can, you know, I remember uh, one of my most uh, enjoyable experiences as a, as a therapist, probably about 20 years ago, this very successful um, woman came into my office and I said, so tell me, you know, what you're looking for from this therapy experience. And she said, I want a husband. And I honestly started laughing. I'm like, oh boy. Um, <laughs> I said, I'm not sure that this is the right place, but I will tell you that of course it was because all of the pieces of that puzzle for her about what it is that she was looking for in her life and how to be deliberate, to use that word, deliberate mm. about what she was looking for. It was really critical. So we talked about like, what do you need to do to find that person? It was probably two years and she was married. Oh, and really it was, it I was about, it. absolutely. She needed to do her work. She needed to make sure that she was not looking desperate, uh, that she was not looking uh, for, you know, settling for someone just to have somebody with whom she could partner. And so we kind of established some guidelines, like, what are you looking for? What are your standards for the relationship? What kind of person attracts you? And we got really clear on that. And within a very short period of time, she met the person for her lifetime. So I, 
Um, I can't yeah. tell you how much I love that because I'm just picturing like she knew exactly what she was talking about when she came in. It was and funny. And she had yeah. to just let you know that she knew that this was the path, the means to the end. I <laughs> it was so great. It, it was really, well, really great. If you are putting yourself out there and you feel like you're doing all the things and it's not getting you results. Uh-oh. I've got a cough. <laughs> so embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> But then there probably are some obstacles in your way, and you should check that out. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Greg. I, I'm not sure that this was intended by the question, but when I also think about deliberate, I think about the having the time carved out in your mm -hmm. life to date. So whether you're trying to intentionally meet people or that yeah. it just happens, if you don't have the capacity or the time and you're not willing to carve out the time to get to know someone and in a true, the true way, then it's not going to work out. Um, because, because you're just not going to put in the time. You're not, you're not putting in the work and it's a waste of your time. And quite frankly, a waste of you're wasting their time too. Yep. So I've always wondered about this, <clears throat> but I really feel like where there's a will, there's a way and there's time. Like if people are really interested, even if they don't have time, they'll make time. We're getting into a really big conversation here. I think about like when you establish goals for your life, I'm going to put, you know, eat, sleep and exercise are the three main ingredients to kind of keeping yourself stable in this life forever. Right. And so making sure that you are taking time for those things makes a lot of important, has a lot of importance to it, but that's it, Greg. I mean, if this person really wants a relationship, if that's the goal, it's kind of like this woman who came in and that was her goal for her therapy. Like then you have to carve out time and you have to create that balance. And we all have a pie and I'm actually amazed by it sometimes. Like I think about how many hours am I watching the white Lotus versus doing the dishes <laughs> from the holiday, from the holiday. Um, and it is, you know, what, three weeks into January now. Um, but you know, there's so many things that I think we always take a look at. We have to carve that time out. I have mm. a note on my computer at home that says takes, Take time for the things that are therapy for you, oh, um, you know, and yes. that's, you know, right. No matter what it is, like I have yeah. it on, right. Yeah. I had a, I had a client recently that was um, lamenting about um, a guy that had reached out to her and how she hadn't been able to connect with him and he just ghosted her and then how she's been so busy recently and um, work is overwhelming and there's this happening and then that happening in her life. And I had to stop her for a second and we had to do a little check. Well, maybe dating right now is not in the cards. You've got a lot of stuff where you're telling you're you just told me you can't take care of yourself. If you can't take care of yourself and you're not That's getting right. your needs fulfilled, you're certainly not in position to take that next step. So Damien, thank you very much for being our first voice note uh, oh, question. That, that was, was amazing. The best. That was the best. And I, you just like with someone's voice, you just immediately feel like you know them and want to have a cup of coffee with them. Thank you so much, Damien. Yeah, Our and, best and we'll, deal. Always, we'll always entertain uh, foreign accents, so please, you know, the more the better. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> what a treat. All right, well, here's another treat. Um, okay. And, and I have some feelings <laughs> this what? question. So you have I, feelings? I'm You're gonna, not a I'm robot? Gonna, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to let you guys take the first bite Ooh. at this apple, but I definitely got some feelings on this. So the question is, how can I tell if a date is a good match on, an, on a first date? Do you <laughs> use small tests? 
And this is from Olivia. I'm 24 and my long-term relationship, I don't know what long-term relationship means when you're 24, but anyway, my long-term relationship just ended. Six months. I'm not, not looking for a relationship right now, but I think I can date someone to have fun. I and some of my friends tried to find ways to understand if someone is a good match or not. For example, when you drink a lot, do they try to get you drunk and take advantage of you? Or do they ask if you're really okay? Or when you tell a story about sexual harassment or LGBTQAI plus rights, what are their reactions? We made up some stories to use for these tests. We even thought maybe our friends could sit at the next table and observe and give us pointers. Do you also use this kind of little test? Do you have any recommendations? What are your thoughts? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I think that the tests are a terrible idea. They because are. Because that's, like, what is that? What is this, like, an interview for, like, the CIA and it's, like, only certain answers passed or, like, what? Uh, so I would say... You can actually ask someone their thoughts on a subject. You can talk about issues that you've actually experienced or that you're experiencing and have that be like real and authentic, something that you're thinking, feeling, going through. But those tests are bogus. That's just another way of playing games with someone that you are on a date with. And I know that it sounds like you're trying to assess whether or not these guys are date worthy. But if I found out that you were making up random dramatic stories to see how I responded to you, I don't really think I would want to date you. Although you're probably very lovely and you're 24 and it's possible that your frontal lobe isn't totally completely <laughs> developed yet and that it's just on the way and any minute now it will be all gelling together. But I would say until that moment, maybe just have real conversations instead. And if there are scary, vulnerable situations in your life, you can put those out there and see how he responds. I think that's brilliant. And if you say something and he's like really insensitive or says the wrongest thing, you can have that conversation and maybe he just hasn't had that experience before. He's open to learning or maybe he's a dud and that's okay too. But yeah. Oh, I don't know. Those vignettes. No, mm -mm, I don't think so. Douglas. And, well, I want to back up a little bit. You know, was I, that I think, mean? Was I mean? No, <laughs> no. I'm actually a little surprised with how you're encouraging so clearly this sort of like be direct, ask questions. You know, because I love that. I think that's exactly the way to go. And I agree with you that that's gamey and manipulative. And honestly, if somebody was, I had one dude on a date with me. He asked me on a date, and it was to accuse me of sleeping with someone that he is, I, you know, it was the weirdest thing. He said I was dating his boyfriend. I'm like, I'm not dating anyone's boyfriend. So it was a very strange, I, Greg, you look confused. I'm not going to elaborate anymore. But I remember, <laughs> I remember being so frustrated with someone who was not being honest with me. I literally said, said something really not nice to him. And I said, thanks for paying for my drink. And I walked away. I'm like, you know, I don't play games. I think it's a really, really bad idea to play those games. However, I want to back up a little bit to your comment about what it is that you're looking for. So because of these long-term relationships at age 24 that you've had, which, you know, when you're 24, 
a year seems like a long time. There could be all kinds of reasons for that. Even even five years, maybe this was a high school sweetheart or a college sweetheart. It feels sweetheart. like we're trashing 24-year-olds right I, now. I am not. I have a 21-year-old myself, and you have some younger children. I have a 34-year-old as well to compare and contrast to. But I will tell you something, um, and whatever whatever long-term feels like to you. So you kind of identified, you kind of want this dating experience that isn't all that serious. And so what is that? Is that a friends with benefits you're looking for? Is it a companion you're looking for? Are you looking to casually date? And I would say, of course, I'm not sure where you're meeting these dudes that you want to test, but I would say, be really clear up front. I'll be honest. You know, if I'm going to go on a date, I'm going to find out, does that person not support our own rights as gay people to be married or have equality? I'm not going on a date with someone who doesn't think that way. Am I going to date someone who's racist? No, I'm not even going to spend time in a, in a restaurant doing that. And, you know, I, and I think it's really important and Talia, you referenced this, you know, to be the, on the other side of those little weird tests. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who probably wouldn't pick up on those. Um, and I'd be like, what's going on here? Like, ask me directly if you have a question for me, but the question is like, what are you looking for? Are you clear about that going up front? And I would say before you get into a dating situation where you're at dinner or you're having cocktails or whatnot, um, and you also reference, you know, somebody who might be giving you too many drinks, et cetera. Um, I didn't love that comment because that feels assaultive to me and inappropriate on so many legal levels as well. So mm-hmm. I didn't love that part. <clears throat> and, you know, please be sure to monitor your drinking and watch your drink if you're with someone you don't trust. So there's not anything going in it. Um, I say that, you know, with a, a very clear sort of seriousness about that as having two children who I don't want that to have happen to. Um, and it's happened to me. So uh, I don't love that. But there's a part of this that I think weeding out those people before you find yourself needing to do that might be the answer. Like ask those questions when you're connecting on Tinder or whatever app you're Bumble or whatever it is. And I also sort of want to throw something out there about the idea. I mean, first of all, I actually really love that you're asking this question because you are trying to find out all of the right information. But I have seen again and again and again that it's sort of like the healthier we are when we are starting a relationship or when we're putting ourselves out there the healthier people we attract. And so if you are starting these relationships being sort of coy and sneaky and gamey and manipulative, you're going to be attracting the same type of person, which you're probably not wanting to be with, right? Right. And so maybe the best case scenario is you are making sure that you're presenting as your healthiest, most vibrant self, like watching the way that you're interacting, making sure that you're presenting the way that you feel really good about. And then you're going to be weeding out the gamey, the manipulative, the self-unaware, the douchebags. <laughs> I was going to say the the people you don't want to date, nor does anybody right. else for that matter. You know, That's and right. I, I also want to say something else about, you know, this relationship that ended for you. Like, I am somewhat curious about how that ended, what that means to you, what you learned from that relationship, because we take those previous relationships into our next one. And so you're bringing that probably into that dating experience where you might be projecting some of that onto somebody. 
And I would say, you know, I'm someone who doesn't believe all women, all men, we're not all alike. So, you know, not all men are dicks. Not all men are out to treat women poorly. Um, and we all need to do our part to make that change permanent and pervasive. Um, but, you know, you're probably taking some of that into this because there's something about how you worded that. Like, I'm not quite able to trust mm -hmm. the person I'm with. Like, maybe there's some trust that has been uh, compromised in your previous relationship that might be worth taking a look at and making sure that you don't bring that to your next experience. Doug, yeah. that's a pretty brilliant insight. I loved it. I Thank don't you. like the fact that I don't like the fact that she is um, leaning into this, the, the, the young female stereotype of game playing. And that was my, mm -hmm. that was my gut reaction. However, I would also lean in and say that we all over time develop uh, approaches to dating to kind of accomplish some of the things that she's talking about, but in a more mature adult approach and not necessarily in a manipulative, to your point, Talia, um, underhanded, overt, covert, <laughs> um, approach. Right. So for instance, um, for me, one of the cues, um, about a person that I look at and I don't, I don't throw everything on it, but how do they treat wait staff at restaurants? Um, mm. Are they a good tipper or how do they order people around or are they, you know, nice to people under and understanding that, Hey, that person may not, I may not know what that person is going through. I'm not going to judge them by this one experience that, you know, I had with them. Um, how, you know, how do they do, there are situations like that, right? Um, like for me, I, I prefer, coffee or tea, um, some sort of limited engagement. Cause I don't want to be, um, forced into a dinner necessarily. Um, yeah. and you have to go through a whole dinner. Um, if, if there's no chemistry or spark or anything and, 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 you know, that's it. Right. Um, so that's one way, you know, I approach the initial and then, you know, going, moving forward, then maybe looking at other situations or experiences. And as you talk to them, uh, if you have concerns about how they treat minority or any minority group or any other um, concerns that you have, those conversations will happen over time. You know, as you're relating to certain things or talking about your bisexual brother or you're talking about That's this right. um, black friend that you have or whatever, if you have concerns about how they may integrate into your life and the friends that you have and the family, you know, that you or the people you call family. So, that'll, Greg, that'll happen. But what you're well, seeing I, is that it unfolds organically. You don't have to set up a false oh. scenario. It'll just organically unfold with experiences and time. Exactly. Exactly. And, and to, to your point, it's, it's an organic thing that takes time. And I think what I've seen and what I know both of you have seen is an <sighs> sigh, um, a, a movement in our society where people just want it right now. They just want it mm -hmm. to materialize in front of them. They want to order it up on an app and have that perfect person delivered right here, right now, and not go through all the work and all of the conversation and all of the interaction that actually solidifies and builds that bond. Um, otherwise, it's just built on a thread of, you know, perception and assumption and 
maybe some hot chemistry, but there may not be any substance underlying it. I and mean, you've got to put that foundation in place. And that's part of that, all that time and interaction that you have. It's just not going to happen in one date. Usually. Do you know and what I, I wonder? Oh, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, the other thing I think about it is that, you know, going back to the comment about, I don't necessarily want to get into anything seriously that she made. Uh, I think the work still has to be done on that. Like, I think that's still a boundary that needs to be really clarified and understood by both parties. And we all know that sometimes people mean something to be very casual and then it turns into something else and you start having the feels and, you know, you start getting connected to that person. So being really clear on every step of the way, and this is an ongoing adventure. It's an ongoing journey when you start a relationship with anybody. Like, where is it going to go? And if you're really clear, you know, this person is good for this, but it's not good for a husband or a father to my children, if I want children, any of those things. Like, I think that's where there's always going to be work. Again, no matter, no matter whether that person is a friend with benefits, a fuck buddy, a companion, a casual date or whatever it is, um, you really get to, you know, really understand where each other's at by having those conversations. I also am going to go back though. I think, I think there's so much you can do ahead of time to make sure you don't have to wonder about some of those pieces. I don't think you should have to say my bisexual brother or, or my polyamorous friend or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think you can just, you know, put those things out there. Like I'm looking for someone who's really able to, uh, I guess, recognize human equality and live it. Do you have like a dating form you make people fill out before I'm, they go and meet you? <laughs> so here's the funny thing about this. I'm fully aware that after 20, what, 28 years of doing psychotherapy. Don't, no, that's not right. 20. I don't know how much. Um, it, I, might right. if, <laughs> it might be I'm right. It might be right. Wow. That's a lot. Um, this is what I'll say about that. I am probably not fun to date because I, I think people should talk. Like, I think you should talk about everything and anything. So, and I really think that, and I live it and I've had people laugh because I'll be like, what do you think about that? Or where are you at with that? Or how important is this? And by the way, I'm also giving that. So I'm letting, I'm not just testing people and putting that out mm -hmm. in there in the world. I'm sharing what it is that I'm looking for. And I'm, I'm doing that on a physical, I'm doing that on a sexual, I'm doing that on a uh, emotional and intellectual. Like I know at this point in my life, who triggers my chemistry and what I'm looking for, which is probably the same as this 24 year old in many ways. Like I will do, I will do casual anything, any day. Um, but right now, you know, with an empty nester status in my life, um, I love traveling the world. I love traveling to my kids when I want to, I love no commitment to, or, or, you know, I guess need to be accountable to somebody. And I'm liking that at this point in my life. Will I feel that way forever? I don't know. Will I meet Prince Charming at some point? And will he come into my life? And I'll relook at that. hundred percent. I could do that. I'd also um, like to add from just from a PSA perspective, if you're going to a bar and you're meeting someone for the first time, whether you're male, female, whatever, um, as a former bartender, always recommended to pick something that comes from a bottle or a can and that you actually watch them open it. So you and don't get it, roofied. Yeah, but it, it's a bottle or a can and you and you watch it being opened and you oh. drink from that bottle or a can and not in a glass or nothing with ice that may have something in it already. And if for any reason that you leave that drink unattended or you're not seeing it in front of you, then just get another one. Um, there, I've also heard that they sell these things that are drink covers that you could put a straw in. Have you heard of those? 
Yeah, I've heard of those, but I don't trust that because any kind of opening at all, even if it's a straw, um, you know, leaves, okay. your, leaves yourself open to. Are something. you talking at a bar, or are you talking about like the no, drinks that have we have these, when they, we work yeah, out? They have these covers. They have these covers that you can okay. try to cover for your drink, but I don't trust that. I mean, the only thing you can really trust is a freshly opened can or a, wow. or a bottle. Um, that's, that's great always, That's always safe. That's always safe. And even, you know, just turning your head or not even anything that you do where it's not in front of you and you're watching it and holding it, um, you know, leaves it vulnerable and just put it down and get a new one. Um, you know, or, it's interesting. Or don't drink. Well, I'll also tell you, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm somebody who's necessarily not aware, uh, but I was drugged at a club in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro. And I look back and I'm like, I don't know when that would have happened. But it's easy to happen. I mean, the minute you go out into the dance floor, even if you put your glass somewhere where you can see it and whatnot, um, somebody can walk by really easy. I have no idea how that happened. It's also really just horrible. Like, you don't remember a big block of time. You know, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, how did I get back to the hotel? How did any of this happen? Um, and <clears throat> there's a lot to that story I don't need to go into. But It's boy, so scary. It's really awful. And, you know, again, as a big dude who's usually t capable of taking care of myself, I, you know, you can't do anything during those times. I don't remember how I got back. I, there was a total period of lost time and it yeah. is scary. Yep. And then, you know, that's another reason to have the buddy system. You know, I've never gone to clubs alone myself. Um, and especially as a female that might be more vulnerable to some of these situations, um, making sure that you stick together and you don't have one person go off and dance with someone while leaving the other one behind, you know, they, always having, you know, sticking at least in pairs so someone can um, advocate for you if you're not feeling well. You know, the last thing you know is a stranger dragging you out of the building and your friend doesn't know where you are, you know, so just be, be careful, be safe out there. It's not, it's not, uh, I know we're all excited to get back into, you know, dating and the clubs and seeing people and, it's a great thing that you can engage with people in, in real life and stuff again, but you know, do it in a safe, a safe manner without playing so games, without, without game playing. I was going to say, we certainly got off of the topic of like, how do I find out, you know, how do I do this? Is it okay to test or do some passive aggressive language? I do, I do sort of want to like circle back to something, Greg, that you said about just like, People want it all right now. They want to know all the answers. They want to give you 50 questions that you need to answer to just see whether or not they want that second date. And then you think about the time and things unfolding organically and the effort that you have to put in even before you get to that first date. And I think that people are so fatigued by the whole app life like a online dating and every time you get ghosted or every time somebody like something starts and you think that they sound great and then they fizzle out, I think people get more fatigued and then they might be putting in less effort, which is making it harder for them to find someone that's a good fit for them. And so it's this endless cycle of we're only putting in as much effort as others are and then the bar might be going down and down and down and then no one's putting in any effort and then when you do you get drugged so you might as well stay home with your dog and have some tea no is that not the but, right outcome well no I, I understand i understand where you're coming from on that but i think the the approach is that you can't let what other people do 
affect you and your That's approach right. and how you're going to, how you're going to live your life. I mean, uh, if I got upset every time I was unmatched or on whatever or ghosted, um, that would be a very unfortunate life for me, for me to, to be holding on to that energy. Right. Blocked. And, uh, yeah. Or blocked. Yes. Um, it, it's or or even spending a lot of energy wondering what did I say? Why why am I not being liked? Why uh, am I not being? You know that that's a very um, negative space and a lot of energy that can be wasted. Instead, it's it, there's a realization that not a grant. If you have those feelings, I understand why it doesn't feel good. Right. I totally understand why, but at the same time. That's not, there's no mutuality there. They have selected no. So you can select no because you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you, right? That is the quote of the year. I I just, you know, I've (laughs) always said that, Greg. I think that's the bottom line. And we never know what it is and we don't need to know what it is. No. Again, if you don't want to date someone my age, if you don't like facial hair, if you don't like a bald head, if you don't like how I, you know, my tattoo, if you don't like whatever, move on. Please do me the favor. Do not. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't think I'm not the king. So I'm going to pull together a really interesting metaphor here. It's, you know, I've been at, I don't know, a hundred middle school basketball games. And I'm listening to all of this like online dating and that maybe the motto is you win some, you lose some. But don't lose heart. Just keep your spirits high and go right back out there and put yourself out there. Have a good attitude because if you then become cynical, bitter, upset with yourself, you make it an internal issue or hate other people, make it an external issue, it's just going to slowly downward spiral into nothingness. And so keep your spirit higher. As we say in our pug family, we've got two pug mixes. We say like, how's your pug spirit? Keep your pug <laughs> spirit high. Well, and I would say that's easier said than done a lot of times. Like, I think it's really hard if you if you feel like that person is like on paper the greatest person for you. Uh, if they just knew who you were, they would they would want you back. That isn't how it works. But I think when we get blocked or rejected or something doesn't work out the way we want, we have to kind of take a look at why it is that we're doing that self doubt on a really deep level. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one thing to kind of put yourself up by the bootstraps and have a Pug moment. Pug spirit. Um, pug low, spirit. Low pug spirit and a droopy, sad tail. My high school mascot was a bulldog. So it's kind of in that same realm, like Aww. the Painsville Bulldogs. Um, anyway, so anyway. Don't so lose heart, I could, bulldogs. I could, well, here's the deal. I mean, at the same time, really take a look at like what it is that gets triggered inside of you during those times. Like, what is it you're doubting? And do you feel like, all right, so that made me feel like I really don't love this part of how I presented myself. Right. Because I think oftentimes we put so much effort into getting somebody, you know, their attention or we get them to like us. And so if, if that, you know, maybe we take a need to take a look at our desperation um, and, Ooh, and where yes. that comes from so that we stay true to ourselves. So I would say it's number one, a great idea to kind of say, yeah, put yourself back out there. You don't want someone who doesn't want you. 
But again, take a look at what it is that you were doing and what you might do differently to make sure that you don't lose yourself in that process. Because all you need to do, as I've said many times in this dating process, is be you. Okay. So that's love this. And then I think that maybe the bottom line then is don't wallow in the past. There is no failure. These are all learning opportunities or successes. And so you just take the juicy nugget of learning, see if there's anything you can tweak, and then just keep trucking, keep moving forward. You're just weeding them out. It's better to weed them out before that first date than find yourself six years in. So I'm going to date myself back to when we used to go to shopping malls and put decals on t-shirts at, at all of these places that did that. And there was always this good old days, right? And there's this one that's like, keep on trucking. And it has like a thumb going that direction and like a guy with a boot, um, whatever I can see. Should we change our podcast name to keep on trucking? No, no. (laughs) Okay. However, anyway, Olivia, Olivia, (laughs) Going back to Olivia. Oh, Olivia. Be yourself. Have the conversation. Put in the work and the time. But don't, you know, those are great goals, great things to mm-hmm. concerns that you may have. And, you know, think about what you're taking into other relationships from your previous one. And just take take your time. And don't it'll settle. Happen. Don't settle. Don't settle. And it'll all unfold organically. And you have all the time in the world, Olivia. Unlike some of us. Unlike some of us that are knocking at death's door. Just kidding. Oh, ouch. But Sorry. don't worry. I'll still be here at the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Good luck, Olivia. Bye, Take care. everyone. Thanks Take for care. listening. Have a question for Doug or Talia. Email us your questions at questions at renotfine.com. Eligible questions will be randomly selected for upcoming episodes. For details, visit our website at we'renotfine.com. Join us every Tuesday for new conversations, new challenging topics, and fun. Good luck, Cindy.